0: Hello, you're listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast. Whether you're at work, driving in your car, or getting your workout on, we hope and pray that what you hear today will fill your spirit. Come, join us as we walk through God's Word together. Turn with me to Matthew. It is a very familiar text, as I said last week um, in, in the message then. Don't let the familiarity cause you to tune out. I think you will miss what God has for you. Um, Let us uh, dare not be in a situation when we have words from the Scripture that we've read or heard many times that somehow we think they're irrelevant, that somehow we think we can't gain anything from it. Every time you crack open God's word, God is seeking to inform you and to transform you through it, inform you about who he is in greater and increasing measure and about who you are and who you need to be as a result of reading his word and then to transform you. For those who said, I know this scripture, I've read it. I would like to ask the question, how much of this scripture is being displayed in and through you? Um, and that's a great question to ask when we get to familiar texts. Oh, I know this. Okay, that's great that you have the information. Well, I want to ask you how much transformation has happened in you as a result of you knowing the scripture. And so for this morning, please just ask yourself that. Yeah, I got the information, but do I have the transformation? And so this morning we are looking at very familiar about Jesus sharing values of the kingdom right before he was to go to be crucified. And we're reading from Matthew's gospel. We know that you can pick this up also in Luke's gospel, chapter 19, I believe. But this morning, we're going to be looking at chapter 25 of Matthew, and it is the parable of the talents. Now, we know that in this, Jesus was given us what the kingdom of God looks like or the values of the kingdom as he was preparing to leave his disciples um, uh, here on earth so that they can begin their ministry after his death, burial, and resurrection. And so what we find here is, firstly, is in um, the beginning of the chapter, we see the story or the parable of the ten virgins, and this particular one speaks about alertness, preparedness, and readiness in that parable, about being ready, Staying alert, making sure that you are number one in the kingdom, and not thinking that I can rush and get ready um, at a moment's notice. And see, the 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 foolish virgins, those who 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 did not have oil in their lamps and were subsequently locked out of the kingdom, thought that they could rush and do it. Some of us do that today. We think on my deathbed I can say a few words and then I'll be forgiven. That, 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 that when I realize that Jesus is here, I can rush and do and change. See, the problem with the foolish virgins was they thought it would be easier than it would to get ready. And we'll see a comparison in this one that we spent time in. But he was telling them, this is what it is like. But then he goes into our text, for today... After he warns them about being ready, he goes in verse 14, for it is like. And so he is giving you a picture of the kingdom of God. And here is the critical nature in this. This is part of his last discourse. Now, you know, be, before he goes on to be crucified, he is choosing this material to share close to his death. You got to understand the importance of this. Many times we take parables as just kind of cute stories, but Jesus has given you both instruction and he has given you a picture that he wants you to keep in your mind of what his kingdom is like so that you understand it as you seek to live as a kingdom citizen. Our men are getting ready to read. We are getting ready to read this kingdom men rising. And I love how Dr. Evans has spent time over the years giving us values of the kingdom, especially as it relates to men. But for all of us, we get this picture of what it means to be a kingdom citizen. We saw it in the beginning of Matthew whenever Jesus Gave us what's called the Beatitudes. And he was giving us those values of the kingdom, which, by the way, were countercultural. And here we are toward the end of his ministry, and we're getting kingdom values again. And so you see the critical nature and the importance of making sure your values matches the values of the kingdom if you consider yourself a kingdom citizen. So let's go before God and pray and then we'll read the text and then we'll jump right on in. Father, thank you for this opportunity <coughs> to be able to get into and share your word. Thank you that we could worship together this morning. Thank you that we could be here Lord in person and those that can watch us Father that 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 they can worship along with us. Thank you Lord for your word. <coughs> Father, which continues to not only inform us, but Lord, to transform us as we allow your spirit to work on us through this word. And so we pray this morning that you would help us to see what we need to of who you are, of who we are, and how we need to grow and change. Help us to see transformation occur in our own lives. Father, that the scripture would be reflected in us and through us. Open our understanding. Help us to know and Lord, and to do what you are saying have given to us. We ask you this in Christ's name, amen. <clears throat> and so, chapter 25, verse 14, I am going to read through it, and then we'll go through the various parts. It says, for it will be like, let me back up, because I want to start at verse 12. But he answered, truly I say to you, I do not know you, and he's talking to the foolish virgins. Watch, therefore, For you know not neither the day nor the hour. That's still the context. For it will be like, the kingdom, a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each one according to his ability. Then he went away Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much And and enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten. For to everyone who has who has will more be given <clears throat> and he will have an abundance but from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into outer darkness in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth and in this parable we know in this story this 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 comparative look we are looking at what it is like for those who want to call themselves kingdom citizens and those who want to maybe pretend and think they are and how you are not to act. I am titling this using what God has given you or actually how, excuse me, how are you using what God has given you? How are you using, if you are a kingdom citizen, if you are one that have entered the kingdom through through professing faith in Christ after the forgiveness of your sins, pay attention. And if you are not, pay attention. I said alertness was the key to that previous parable. What we are seeing here are the consequences of those that are alert and those that are not. We know here that the the likeness of the master who gives the talents or the resources is likened unto Christ himself, who went away and who will return. Understand that is the framework that is how this whole parable is being boxed. And we have to understand that. <clears throat> we have to understand that Jesus... Although he's gone away and has given something to those in his kingdom, understand this, he is returning. We have to understand that, that, that there is accountability coming and that there are rewards coming. And how many of us know that rewards are both good and bad, are both positive and negative? You get rewards regardless of whether you like the rewards or not for all of us in school the rewards of faithful work is you can be a you can be rewarded with an a a b or a c depending on your work but you also can be rewarded with a d or an f it's still a reward and it will determine how you have worked it can also be with promotions it can also be with salary increases or decreases It can be with staying on with a company or being fired from one. See, uh, actions are always rewarded. Lifestyle choices are always rewarded. There are those right now that are experiencing health issues, some of you, because of the choices that you've made, and now you are getting the rewards. For some of us, the rewards are a better, healthier body or a body that's not as aged as you age. And for some of us, we are seeing the consequences of our previous actions. And so just put that in your mind. The framework that that is being structured here is the master who went away, gave some resources according to abilities And the only comparison that will be made will be to yourself. In other words, how you used what you've been given. You will notice in this story that the master never compares one servant with another. And we've got to remember that. Jesus is not looking at how you are living or how you are producing in comparison with another servant. He is always looking and comparing your productivity with what he's given you and the abilities he knows you have. And so you can never say, well, I'm not like him, Lord, and the Lord will say, I know you're not. I didn't gift you according to him. I gave to you according to you. And for all of us today, some of us are still sitting down because we're saying, I'm not like, and you fill in the blank. I can't do it like. I can't produce like. And you have no scriptural background for that excuse. Because everything in Scripture shows, God says, I'm never comparing you with anyone else. Man, that just slapped me in the face again. God said, look, I'm not expecting you to preach like. I'm not expecting your crowd to be like. I'm not expecting your, this, this church to be like. Man, we, 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 have, we have got to see what Christ sees. Values of the kingdom. Well, you know, Lord, I'm not resourced-like. I've used that. Our church doesn't have, Lord, the capabilities-like. And man, God comes back and says, since when did I compare you to one another? I compared you to what I've given you. And so the deal becomes, I need to find out. See, we will see this, and there are some that will say, well, that's not fair. He gave five, and then he gave two, and he gave one. But no, I, you know what? Christ never mentioned, let me help you out, never mentioned fairness as a value of the kingdom. Never. Why? Because if fairness was of value, we would not be sitting in the kingdom. It's not fair that sinners who should have been on their way to hell and had nothing to offer God would actually be sitting here being used by him. It's not fair. It's not fair that y'all are sitting here, an opportunity to hear the gospel in a country where you're not having to hide and duck and make sure folk don't know you're gathering while you're hearing it, while in some parts of the world, they got to give the secret code so you know where to meet. It's not fair. And so I would suggest to you, remove the it's not fair from your vocabulary as a kingdom citizen. Because... The fact that I can say I'm a believer and I'm up here preaching God's word, I'll tell you right now, it's not fair. And so as we get into this, we see the master did something. The master gave, the first point is the master gave resources. Or we can put it the distribution of resources. And who gave them? I know you want to think you are so heavily gifted, talented, and resourced because of you. He gives us a picture here. The master gave resources, and he gave different levels. I was reading this one commentary, and he said, and I understand what he said, in the kingdom all believers aren't created, or I would say all believers aren't wired or resourced equally. That's going to make some of us mad. What? what wait, wait a minute. What do you mean? You mean that you gave some more than you gave me? Yes. You mean that there are some people that have greater abilities than I do? Yes. You mean that there are some people that you have higher, I mean, a greater expectation for because of how you built them, wired them, and resourced them? Yes. There are. You will look at some people in the body and go, God, why did you do that? And God has every right to say none of your business. How are you using what you have? See, we have to be careful in our, <clears throat> in our Western democratic society where we want fairness for all. We think we're going to transfer that into the kingdom. And hey God, I want this thing evenly distributed. God says, I didn't ask you. You know, you know, you know, why come? I know that's not English. Why come? Why come he 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 has fifteen and I only have two? And you get the silence. And God says, How are you using your two? Or I got fifteen, Lord. He only has two. God says, watch it. How are you using your 15? And I love this, that the master goes away and he gives gifts. And he says, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants. And here is the key word. And entrusted to them his property. Your gifting, your resources, what you have is his and has been entrusted to you. That word entrusted meaning put under and in your care that he is expecting you to watch over and do something with because it is his. I love this. That talent you have is his entrusted to you. Those resources that you've been able to acquire are his entrusted to you. And so we all, in some way, are managers. Managers of what's been entrusted. That gift, that talent, that desire, that skill. You know, and and it could be anything. Let's talk about the talent for just a moment. They kind of differ on their value I mean, and, 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 and what people say, some will give a number value, but they say that's not hard and fast. It could be more. And there's another that says that a talent that a day laborer would take almost 20 years to accumulate the value of one talent. That's, that's almost a, a career of working. You retire and get a talent. And really, so when you talk about the five, that is an astronomical crazy amount of money, almost like saying unattainable, but what it also gives a picture of is just the gracious giving that God has upon his servants. And so when we think of a talent, <clears throat> we think of this amount that one would, would, would amount to a lifetime of usage for us. And many of us in the world will be one-talent people, many of us. I would dare say some of us would be two-talent people. The five-talent people are almost, almost like your one-percenters. You know the 1% is in our world. Those that very few of us will attain to that amount. And we tend to think and was thought of back then, your level of godliness was determined by the amount of resources you had, which was, of course, inaccurate. But it was a thought that they had. God must really bless you. We like to take that on today. When you look at the way some people talk and act, oh, y'all are really blessed of God. Translated... You got a lot of resources. God must be really blessing you. Not necessarily. Now, God may have allowed you to have some. Now, some of us have resources that we have no business having because the way that we acquire them are ungodly. And so we have resources that shouldn't be under our management. But what God has given, understand that even if you are in the one, it is a lifetime of resources that God is expecting you to do something with. So the giving or the distribution of resources is from the master. And I like this, and he goes away. In other words, he is not there and there is an immediate response to what he's been given. We see here now that there is the distribution of resources. There is the stewardship and the managing of resources now. In other words, I don't know what you've been given. I don't know if you've been given a 1, a 2, or a 5, or if you go into Luke, they go 10, 5, 1. I don't know what you've been given, nor do I need to care the only thing I need to be concerned with is what I've been given. And as a matter of fact, it doesn't even matter how much I've been given. God really just wants me to maximize whatever resources he has entrusted under my care. Hear that. Well, God, you only gave me And man, I can't believe, why is she so talented? Oh my goodness, of course she can serve you. She's got so much to offer. So we begin to manage it based on, once again, how we feel fairness has been given. The managing of our resources is dependent on two things, and we see it here. It is dependent on our abilities to use what God has chosen to give us. Hear that. Our abilities with what God has chosen to give us. And so if God has only given in your eyes a little, and and please stop thinking money, although money is included. Think the totality of who you are. Your abilities in in learning, your abilities in, in, in sharing, your abilities in working, your abilities in turning profit, your abilities in understanding. For some of you, you are tremendously gifted with your hands and your ability to work and to create things. I need to ask you, how is that going? in relation to glorifying God and continuing to work within his kingdom. For some of you, the brain power you have is just fantastic. The way you think, the way you process, the way you respond. Once again, let me ask you, how are you using that in the kingdom underneath? I mean, managing what God has given you for his glory. For some of you, you are musically gifted beyond, man, it's just amazing. How are you using that? I didn't say, what are you producing? Is it, are you living up to the way you have been resourced? Does that include giving? It sure does. But is it only giving? It sure isn't. See, God wants us to realize every last one of us has been given something. And the quality of your management and the quality of your increasing it demonstrates your love for your master and your knowledge of who you are. Because you've got to know who and your abilities in order to double it, which is what these servants did. The first two, they doubled what they had. One hundred percent profitability. Period. And both of them, one hundred percent to one who had five. It was immediate. They got their resources and they went to work. And here's the deal. They didn't know when the master was coming. He didn't tell them. They just went to work. And by time he got back. The first two managed the resources well in that they had doubled it. Hey, given enough time, they might have tripled it. Who knows? But the issue becomes they went to work right away. I realize I've been gifted. And then there is that last one. He said, who hid it? Now, so it was the distribution of resources, the managing or the stewardship of resources. And for him, <clears throat> he looked at his one. I don't even know if, if it, it doesn't say if the others knew what the others had. But I wonder if he looked at his one and was like, does it? Okay, but man, he gave me one. And just imagine if 20 years worth of work, one was put in your hands immediately. 20 years' worth of work. You know, I see what happens when people get lifetimes' worth of salary all at once and no management skills. We see that. Professional athletes show us that all the time. You can go broke quick, or you can begin to manage. Celebrities that make, you know, quick, big, huge money. You know where I'm going with the other one. We see it also. Lottery winners who get lots of money at one time. And you see how people's mindsets are based on what they do when they get something all at once. And all of a sudden now for him, he's like, wow. Um, master is, or he ain't playing. This is a tough dude. I ain't trying to mess this up. I might lose some stuff in this. Nah, so you know what I'm I'm going to do? Man, I, I, I'm going to just, he, he dug it in. I don't know how big a talent was. We don't know what it was. If he had to dig a six-foot hole or a 2 I have no idea. I don't know if it was Bitcoin, crypto. I, I have no idea. He he, he was, we going, and he was like, nowhere way to put the marker there. When he comes back, I got it for him. Because for him, the only thing he felt you do with something that was entrusted to you, and I'm wondering if he thought, I don't want to mess this up, is I'm just going to put it away. And for some of us, and and we see it in his answer later, for some of us, the fear of messing up is greater than using what you have been given. And so you choose not to do anything because I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. We see from him; he was afraid. Do you not think the other two were afraid or not? We don't know, but I know one thing: they were like, "We know the master; he gave us this, going to work." And they were both excited about what they produced. Number two, and we said, didn't look over the number one. I mean, the two talent guy didn't look over the five talent guy. Was like, man, five. you working? No, he was like, he was glad, master. So let's get into that last part. The master, you know, distributes the resources according to our talents and abilities. We manage the resources according to our talents and abilities. And then lastly, we get rewards for how we've used the resources. We see in the last part, trustworthiness and faithfulness lead to greater blessing. That's what we get from those first two. Trustworthiness and faithfulness lead to greater blessing. And who is the one who determines? You ain't here. You're not out here telling God how you're going to be blessed by him. Stop it. You are not telling the master how he's going to bless you. I'm going to give this, and, and, and the Lord going to give me 200-fold. Just go to work. They didn't come. They said, look at what I've done, master. And again, they had no clue that he was going to give them more. They just wanted to prove themselves trustworthy and faithful. And look at what he says. Verse 19, now after a long time, the master of the house came, I mean, the master of the servants came and settled accounts with them. I love this. When I read that, that is sobering. Understand, you will all, we will all have accounts settled in the end. I don't care how long you live, how short you live, how much you have, how little you have, God will settle accounts with you. And he came who had received five talents. He came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here. I have made five talents more. And I can almost see him saying, hey, I went to work. Here you go, five more. And his master said to him, well done. I like the good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. Now, this is interesting. If a talent was a year's worth And he now has a little? That's 10 times a day laborer's amount. That's a whole lot. I like how God says, you've been faithful over a little. Because you might think it's a big thing, nah, that's just a little. This is just proving ground. This is a, hey, hey, there's a whole lot more. Stop getting caught up in how much I gave you and understand comparatively speaking, it's a little. And look at what he says. He says to him, five, you've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Wait a minute. What I had was much. Enter into the joy of your master. And I love this because when we speak of whatever we do down here versus what's going to be rewarded and awaits us up there, this is a little this is nothing. Even if you amass great amounts of resources, this is nothing. Don't be tied, attached to it. Don't stop feeling yourself. Look, look, get over yourself. All you have in your hand are resources handed to you by God to do something with for His glory, and He's coming back and expect a return on whatever He's given you. That's what it amounts to. But he says, what is coming is far better. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Faithfulness and trustworthiness leads to God saying, well done. Now the joyful times come. Yeah, you endured managing those resources. You had some tough times managing them resources. You suffered managing them resources. And when it's all over and the accounts are settled, the Lord is saying, boy, now the the real joy starts. Come into the joy of your Lord. Number two said the same thing. Come into the joy of your Lord. Good and faithful. Good means that you, that, that, that not just filled with good, beneficial. So you are both this beneficial and faithful servant. Beneficial to him. I mean, to whom? To the kingdom. Because remember, he's sharing values of the kingdom and beneficial to yourself because now he opens the gate and says, enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, I'm wondering if number one was like, yeah, look at them overachievers. Man, five got five, two got two. Hey, at least I ain't messed mine up. They did good. But what if they messed up? And so he comes to him, and he comes, boy, I can almost hear it. He comes with the story. You ever had someone that comes back that you are holding accountable for something, and they're like, look, 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 look. What had happened was, you already know there's a story coming. Well, you know, you know, you know, what I, what I decided was, and I was like, I can just see him. I, I was like, dude, okay. Here comes the story. He says, look, look. His master said to him, so verse 23, um, so I'm going to go to verse 24. He also who had received the one talent, the least, the least, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. Dude, he was actually putting him on blast. What? You a hard man, reaping where you didn't sow. You getting money from work you didn't do? You didn't sow, but you're still getting money. That's the kind of guy you were. I knew you were a hard dude. He says, and gathering where you scattered no seed, so I was afraid. The kind of guy you are scared me. Do you notice what he didn't say? He did not put any of this on him. He put it all on his master see i knew what kind of i knew what kind of guy see jesus i i i know, I know how you are first of all no you don't man i know that you are tough you got big expectations i didn't want to mess this up i was afraid had no reason for us we have no reason to be afraid of being abused and misused the two analogies he gave were of a guy who was shrewd. You sowed where you didn't reap. And where you didn't scatter seeds, you benefited. So the kind of dude you are, yeah, see, I knew there's no way that I could please you. And he was completely wrong. Misunderstood and had the wrong response and wrong action. And for us right now, your view of the master will determine how you use your talent. For some of us, we think God is that, no, we think Jesus is that heavenly genie. And because he didn't give me, I'm not doing. Or life is hard, man. Oh, you, done, you done put me in this part. And, and, and I grew up like this. And I didn't have this. And so I was afraid. Bro, we all afraid. But he says, you had no business allowing your fear to affect how you live. Or even more importantly, how you produce. You've been gifted and talented, even if it's at the one level. He said, I didn't expect five from you. I didn't expect two from you. As a matter of fact, all I expected was a little interest with what I'd given you. He didn't even say how much interest. See, he could, come back, he could have come back like some of us like, dude, do you know what the market rates are? At least I could have got 10% back from you. He just said interest. I don't know if it was 1%, half a percent, 3%. He didn't even talk about that. He just said, you could have done more with what I had. Instead, you did nothing. Let's go with the comparisons. The foolish versions thought it was easier than it would be to get ready. The lazy servant thought it was harder than it would be, so he did nothing. And for some of us right now, we're sitting here going bored, serving God and using what I have. It's going to be harder than I think, so I'm just not going to do nothing. Or, as I said last week, I'm going to live for myself. I'm not producing anything for the Lord. I'm doing this for me because I don't know if I can please him or not. Or as a matter of fact, I really don't want to do what I need to do to please him, because that means disciplining myself in a way that I really don't want to. And so for him, he says, I knew that you were harsh. And so I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent. In other words, I didn't use it. And love this, I hid it. How many of us today are hiding? how we've been gifted. It might as well be in the ground because we're not using it. Whatever it is. Jesus is returning and he is expecting something different. And it's not because he's harsh. It's because he's loving. And here's what he says. He says, look, He says, verse 27, then you ought to have invested my money. I love this. You ought to have invested, and I like those two words, my money. What you had was not yours. It was mine. And had you invested it, you would have had something for it. Even if you didn't work and produce something else. And so he said, so here's what's going to happen. Take it from him and give it to the one who has 10. Now, I'm wondering if two was like, yo, what about me? No, there is no comments. Because who's in control here? The master. Who controls who gets what? The master. He gives it to ten. Why? I don't know. You could say, well, because ten produce more. Well, ten has the capabilities that he's been given by God to do something with it. So he says, I'm going to give it to whom I choose, knowing he has the capabilities and has proven that he will do something with those capabilities. And for some of us right now, what you have may be taken because you have chosen to hide it. You are no longer able to use what you've been given. But here it is, I'm going to go to its full end, of a life where what God has given you has been hidden because you had the wrong view of the master. And what it causes you to do is nothing. As a matter of fact, you don't even want to be part of the kingdom. And that's what you've shown yourself to be. When you choose out of of an inordinate fear that you are not going to live for God and thus reproducing for him. You don't know God, and it shows. And what he says to this servant, because you say, boy, that's pretty harsh. Okay, just take back your, but no, he doesn't just take back what he's given. He throws him out. And for some of us, we're going, that's not fair. There's that fair again. We're not dealing with fair. We're dealing with accountability. The fact that he was given something was the grace right there. The fact that you've been given anything is the grace right there. And so he says, now, if you choose not to do anything with it, what you may be demonstrating is that you're not even in the kingdom. That you were perpetrating. You are an imposter. And then he says to you and I, to him, he says, boy, he says, throw this and man, you think this is harsh. Well, you thought he was a hard man? He's going to show you how hard he is. He said, put this worthless. Wow, serve it out. Worthless? Because you didn't do anything with what you've been given. See, the other two entered into joy. That's what happens with trustworthiness and faithfulness. The last one entered into darkness. Because that's what happens with untrustworthiness and unfaithfulness. Keep that in mind. God says the choice is yours. As we start this year, the choice is yours. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to utilize whatever he's giving you, whatever it produces, to double it or not? Or are you going to say, I'm afraid because I have a wrong view of who the master is and I'm going to hide it? I'm not doing anything. I'm going to take what you had, and it's going to stay right there. See, today we have a wonderful choice in front of us. You, We've all been given something, and at different levels. How will you use what God has given you? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, Lord, that Father, you have given us so much in just Christ himself. The fact that those of us who have made a decision to follow you, Lord, is because your grace has come to us and we have seen of your goodness and who you are and you have called us to yourself and thus we responded to your call. And whether it's, whether we see it as fair or not, we thank you for it. But Father, also, you have gifted us in various measures and have expectations of how we are to live with that. And Father, I pray right now that you would help us to reflect, to think about, to be introspective on what you have given us and how we are using it. Are we multiplying it for the kingdom's sake because it is yours, or are we living for ourselves and putting what you've given to the side? Father, I pray that we would give like it's your money, that we would reproduce, Father, like it is your talent and resources, because it is. And at the end, may it be said of us, well done, good and faithful servant, Enter into the joy of your Lord. Father, let it not be said of us, as you said, Father, to this servant. Cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. Father, I pray that we would realize who we are and what we've been given before you return. And let us use it for your glory. In Christ's name, amen. You've been listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast, and we trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at solidword.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.